Hello everyone, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. And today, to round out our holiday extravaganza, we are looking at possibly the best recognized holiday uh, animated movie. Non-Christmas holiday. What's that? Non-Christmas holiday, specifically. I think other holidays are more widely recognized. I in animated films, I kind of doubt it. Hmm. I think that this stands atop. It's certainly uh, the most well-regarded animated biblical adaptation. In any case, we're talking about the Prince of Egypt, the prince himself. <laughs> yes, the 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 movie, the animated movie, currently known as Prince. Yes, the the king of animation, you might say. I wouldn't say that. It's the prince, the pharaoh. Of DreamWorks. It's somewhere, it's somewhere on the love letter spectrum of royalty. Moses is, is the pharaoh of DreamWorks, and Shrek is his uh, green onion knight. <laughs> Did fa- <laughs> Moses is the pharaoh of DreamWorks, and Shrek is his Technicolor dream coat. Shrek makes the DreamWorks. There's too many dumb jokes, and none of them are connected to each other in that. So I want to do a hard reset, and we're going to start talking about the movie that we're talking about. The Prince of Egypt came out in 1998. It was produced by DreamWorks. And at the time, it was the most expensive animated film ever made. Um, It won an Oscar for Best Original Song, the song When You Believe. Mistake. Which I didn't realize came from this movie. I Uh, also didn't realize that it was the best received song of the movie that seems insane to me (laughs) but uh we can get into that later you know sensibilities um but it all started when uh katzenberg um wanted to do an animated version of the ten commandments the old charlton heston film Mm -hmm. and uh eisner you know the guy at disney said no but katzenberg went on to dreamworks in 1994 and he was brainstorming with steven spielberg and spielberg goes to him is like i think you should do the ten commandments I, I I read that and I, I was thinking like they had kind of a bro you just read my mind bro kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like mean it, I, I feel like there's details left out of that anecdote. Like Spielberg might have like heard through the grapevine that that's a thing that he wanted to do and just brought it up again. But I like the idea that they both independently came up with the idea and uh, uh, what's his face from Park and wreck the 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 guy slowly getting excited reaction yeah. meme for uh for katzenberg's face i i like the idea that spielberg knew he wanted to do it and brought it up because otherwise people would expect spielberg to do it <laughs> <laughs> like spielberg in the 90s height of his power you know jewish guy well-known you know schindler's list like he's he's right in it to adapt the ten commandments yeah, I, I maybe maybe he's just audience. trying to. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly how the conversation shook out, but uh, I I am glad they did because this yeah. ended up being really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't can't go wrong. Pre- All star cast, Hans Zimmer on music. What <laughs> what else do you want? Well, let me put one other thing in there. Uh, apparently, this was when DreamWorks was being founded. Yeah. So 1994, uh, at the formation of DreamWorks, is when they had this conversation. And they were concerned about theological accuracy. Mm. So Katzenberg actually called a bunch of biblical scholars, theologians, historians, um, everyone across the spectrum to try to make it more faithful to the story. Mm -hmm. And they all praised the movie for taking their suggestions to heart, 
like they, they put in the work uh however this did not prevent the movie from being banned in several state islam countries including egypt um because you're, lost, man. you're not supposed to depict an islamic prophet and moses is one of them uh it would be really funny if they released the movie but like they had to replace moses or like delicately pan away from him after the point <laughs> at which he becomes a prophet like beforehand he's just dude oh he's a dude who's a prince okay so you think his he wasn't always it's not like just Je- Ar- just arabic val kilmer like jesus like the the whole point is he's all he was always holy moses kind of had to like grow into it Jesus was only holy once he died, as I understand it. No, I, I feel like at the beginning, why would all those wise men come to visit him? Maybe he was just uh, a real... Maybe he just uh, had a lot of wisdom. We, you know? we can't get into a Jesus hole in this. Maybe, maybe that's how he got his divinity. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the movie, I mean, it was clearly over the course of several years, they put a lot of thought into it, a lot of money. Um, the animation process, I thought, was interesting. Um, they used both traditional 2D as well as 3D CGI uh, technology, right, as it was still kind of emerging. And yeah, let, let's let's put our late 90s glasses on for this. It doesn't look spectacular now, yes. but at the time. Toy Story and Jurassic Park are the greatest things anyone's ever seen. <laughs> um, or, you know, if you're in the weird corner of the internet, reboot. Tom Hanks is like, why didn't I get in? A, why didn't I get to have a hieroglyphics montage? <laughs> you did. It's just not in this movie. <laughs> Listener, try and figure out which movie it was. <laughs> you, you're you're just ad libbing. You're just yes anding. There's no way it's that Tom Hanks was in a hieroglyphic uh, scene. deleted scene in Castaway. So um, the movie... Jeff Goldblum did get to go on it oh in my on God, it though. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> don't don't we'll we'll get there. Um, so the movie was heavily storyboarded. Um, they basically did so many storyboards that they were able to do an animatic, um, which helped guided the production teams throughout every scene. And then uh, in terms of how they organized the animators, they went by character. So different teams focused on them, um, giving special attention to like, are we depicting this character's specific ethnicity properly? Yeah, which is very cool. It's it's. It's a finesse that I didn't passively grok while watching the movie, mm-hmm. but I imagine that it contributes just to kind of that holistic, greater than the sum of its parts sort of presentational excellence that sure. this movie does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's it it's... also kind of leads to the whole research process being front and center and that paying off. Uh, apparently, part of the process was also for the uh, the cat the the the. The, the, the writers or, or somebody in the process uh, to do a two-week journey across Egypt before production began so that they could accurately depict the setting. That's, that's clearly like a put-it-on-the-company-card situation, right? That's so good, though. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. that it, it, it denotes a care that... I don't know, like, every part of this, like, the hiring the theologians, going to Egypt, like, they they have reverence enough mm-hmm. for the fact that they're, like, they're kind of stepping on eggshells with the source material. Sure. They want to do it enough justice, so they put in a bunch of work. Um, and, and it, I, I think it, I think it tends, pay, tends to pay off. Yeah. Given how, I don't know, it, it reads to me as, you know, it doesn't get, like, super whitewashed or nothing like that. Um, yeah, that, it, it reads to me as 
correctly in its own time period, from what little I understand of Egypt. Yeah, I mean, we're not experts on either the historical or the biblical side of, of this story, but in terms of, hey, we wanted to make a modern animated The Ten Commandments without Charleston Heston, Charlton Heston, like... Charleston Heston. Char- Charlton Chu. <laughs> I could chew on a, on a Heston. I mean, like, I'm, I'm willing to give credence to the theologians and historians who gave their seal of approval on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could also be argued that uh, we are closer to the source material than the average view- listener or viewer because we grew up with the, ten- the uh, you know, the, the whole Moses story as, as yeah. part of our uh, early childhood. The Exodus was kind of put front and center for for Jewish upbringing. Like the Ju- stuff Jewish Jewish upbringing loves Exodus. The stuff that it's, comes after it isn't really emphasized, and the stuff that come before it, you have to share with Christianity. It's got a big parting of the Red Sea. Like there's cinematic moments in Exodus that kind of dude. Don't go to if you go to Leviticus hoping for a good time. Good luck. Yeah, it's, there's, it's just a it's a lot of telling you how to how many burnt offerings to give mm-hmm. for particular crimes or 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 uh, moments. It's the worst uh, tabletop getting... source book. <laughs> it's, it's it's all errata. It's it's just errata front to back. Mm-hmm. No, we actually meant this. No, Exodus is kind of the 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 front and center cinematic hero journey adjacent stuff that Disney recognizes is fit for a movie. Sure, sure. So if you're gonna make look, if you're gonna make a movie about a book of the Torah. Uh, Exodus is the one to do it for. Sure. Yeah, it's the closest to our, like, modern conceptions of the hero's journey and what is most, like, broadly palatable. Um, Not to mention it has the best moral stance of... Yeah, slavery bad. Slavery bad is an easy sell for me. (laughs) It it seems to still be resonant today, yes. Uh, That is a good way to do a... And yet, surprisingly textured in that space, they humanize the brother... Uh, the the you know the new pharaoh, Ramsey. which is uh, interesting. Yeah, like you you uh, there there are a lot of moments uh, in this movie where Moses is uh, struggling between his responsibility and his heritage and his upbringing, um, kind of like like turning against Egypt and the the you know the system of slavery that it, that it had. Um, that was one thing for him, turning aside from his brother and, and, you know, completely closing off that relationship. That's a, that's a more difficult step. And I really like the way that that was handled. I like it too. It, it ended up feeling a little bit, uh, theme soup at times. Like I, I wasn't really sure what the movie wanted to prioritize. Was it, uh, when you, you know when you're when you're angling for a purpose don't you know accept no substitutes <laughs> god or nothing no none of this pharaoh stuff um none of these lesser gods uh i don't know whether it was trying to go with like some atrocities are necessary in war times like there's, yeah. there's kind of a lot in there and it's hard to pick out what the actual it doesn't operate on a morality tale other than slavery bad well yeah it, uh, the it, rest of it is just kind of a celebration of 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 the pro- of the story itself. The, the most explicit themes, as they are stated toward the back half of the movie, are like, don't let your pride and your ego get in the way of what's right, and also have faith that things will get better. Unfortunately, like those aren't 
really supported by the first half. Like those, those weren't struggles that Moses had at either point. Yeah, and and part of this is just because those particular themes don't really carry a lot of water for me personally. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because they the you know we've talked enough about the fact that DreamWorks really wanted to stay close to the source material. You you have some constraints sure. with what you can present in a story when you're trying to cleave close to the source material. Moses is the hero of the story. He also, you know, either tacitly or uh, actively gives the thumbs up for a bunch of baby killing or children killing. Sure. You know, like a mass murder of sorts. And and it's it's kind of in the name. It's kind of, you know, terrorism slash freedom fighter, depending on how you want to term it. The point is, there's some... complexity in the story that doesn't wash out evenly so if it sounds at times that we're like kind of hemming and hawing over like the inconsistency of the themes or how the story is put together that is because it is constrained on a biblical level uh and they did the best with what they could i think that it still comes out relatively clean uh but it's it's the the plotting is definitely not a strength of the movie yeah and that that um you know when when um when moses brings forward the angel of death to kill the firstborns of the egyptians spoiler alert um (laughs) it's 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 like it's not one of the moments where moses is driving things it's not like when he comes back when he tries to reason with pharaoh when he's talking to people and and you know telling everybody to believe that's all moses here he doesn't really have a choice in the matter uh i'm i i I don't know if i buy that but we'll we'll get to it and we'll kind of see how it builds up and how like what parts of moses work in this type of story and what parts don't uh, they they do a lot of work trying to justify his actions at that point, which I'm not even comfortable saying whether or not they're justifiable. I'm just saying that's what the movie does. Yeah, this they is, do this a is lot the of movie. Yeah, um, um, we have a lot. We'll of, get into that. We have a lot of star power in the cast. Um, any particular standout performances you want to to mention? Um, probably. Um, uh, 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 oh my god, why, why am I drawing a, a, a blank? Picard, um, yeah, Patrick Stewart, he's the main pharaoh, peace do, yeah, uh, yeah. peace do, but he rules the scenes like this. He's this, amazing, he's got some big P energy, and the P stands there's, for pharaoh. There, there's one particular line that is just really chilling, uh, <laughs> that 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 destroys me when I heard it, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and on a technical level, like the cinematography of a lot of the character interactions are so nuanced that it ends up bolstering the star power of the performances. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer does a totally fine read, even though I'm no particular fan of him. Jeff Goldblum providing a mild amount of uh, levity that is sorely needed. <laughs> I mean, you do need some levity, but I just don't think they gave him a lot to do in this other than to do the Jeff Goldblum like, oh, ah, ah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, just the Jabberjaw thing. Uh, but but overall, pretty good performances. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, it's, you know, the... the they're not leaning into the like actors that much. Um, like you, you're not reminded of who these, except for Jeff Goldblum, who these characters mm-hmm. are during their performance. They're just good, good performances. Yeah, the, the, he his was the only slap in the face, and arguably that one should kind of be a slap in the face, <laughs> right? 
and maybe the priests to a degree. You know, Steve Martin, Martin Short. Sure, sure. They're they're you know they're fine. They're gonna they, play like, around. I mean, they ha- they they follow the bulk and skull, uh, you know, body type persuasion of a comic relief. Sure. Um. Anyway. I think that uh, we're, we're more or less good to get into the story. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to preface it with Zane and I, we're both coming to it knowing intimately the basics of the story. I'm going to I a Seder to, tomorrow. I, 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 I kind of <laughs> wanted to state at the outset what the quote-unquote canonical biblical version of the story of passover is Mm -hmm. so that we have a backdrop by which we can compare it to this movie is that is that cool with you yeah that makes sense to me so let's let's get the basics of passover out of the way the pharaoh of egypt fears a jewish uprising some people say it's prophecy prophecy others say it's you know they're getting too numerous and we're worried about our slave population rebelling uh, so the Pharaoh commits infanticide against the Hebrews, just the males. Um, and the uh, and Moses was spared in secret by his mother, Yocheved, and was raised by the, I think, Pharaoh's daughter as a member of the Egyptian royal family. The mm-hmm. whole basket in the reeds thing that you may have seen. Um, he grows up, uh, kills a slave master, runs away from home encounters God in a burning bush who tells him to save the Jewish people from slavery. And then you get your 10 plagues and then you get your splitting the Nile and then you get your tablets, et cetera, et cetera. Oh boy. The tablet shot at the end. I have some open questions about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird addendum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just the deleted scenes because in the, in the, in, in the original, you know, biblical texts, he goes up, he gets the Ten Commandments, he comes down off the mountain. Everybody's fucked up. Every everybody's guys. I was gone for ten minutes. A golden calf again. I just want to see Jeff Goldblum like trying to sell everybody oh. else on this golden calf. <laughs> Listen, I, I know he's a little rounder than what we remember, but he's just as good. Well, he's God, just as good as God finds. It's just a way. as good as Anubis. <laughs> it's just as good as Anubis. Just give him a chance. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so the the Ten Commandments, the ones we all think of, those are the second ones. Right, right. Second the, edition. The, the first one, the first one, the first edition. Uh, there, there, there are no extant copies. They're all uh, either shredded or in a vault underground. It's out of print. One might say out of print. <laughs> yes. So uh, th- that's the basics of the story. Um, everything that we're going to talk about, we might reference the biblical story. But we're mostly just going to be following the plot that the movie gives us, which right. is by and large similar. It gets the broad uh, take- strokes and adds a little bit of like human understanding to a character's motivation that you don't get from the 50,000 feet view of the Bible. Yeah, and I'll get into it more when we get into the plot. But like there's some necessary uh, child friendly paint that gets thrown over this because at the end of the day, you're talking about a story that features not one but two different infanticides. Yeah, uh, there, 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 there needs to be some kid gloves pushing uh, about. When, like I understand it, but you know, three is a pattern. <laughs> it's it's it, this is heavy subject matter. Mm-hmm. So a movie that is primarily going to appeal to kids, or at least is a target market of sorts. Uh, it has to be more palatable, while at the same time not, you know, not pretending that the whole 
the biblical story of the Pharaoh killed a bunch of babies yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so th- they, they thread a delicate line with all of that, but I'll get into it when we get to the... You know, it, it just it. occurred to me that, you know, Star Wars, the starsification of these ancient stories, Star Wars also had a child murder scene. Oh God, I'm trying to remember anything about Star Star Wars. I, like I've I've turned in my nerd cred uh, seven times over for neither liking Star Wars nor Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but Battlestar I don't, Star I don't remember when I don't remember when they killed the babies. Uh, it was it was when Anakin killed um, not just the men but the women and the children too. I don't remember that. It was after he hated did, sand. Did did that actually happen? Are, are you not into the memes? <laughs> Oh, I didn't see the second movie. I didn't see. I didn't see the the Revenge of the Turns. That's the only one the worth Turn watching. Of, Turn of the Clones. That's my Star Wars watch order. Is just watch uh, Attack of the Clones six times. <laughs> the most <laughs> egregious order to watch them in. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, beginning of the movie starts off with a weirdly defensive disclaimer. <laughs> like <laughs> this is like. Like, I, I didn't realize it until I went through the... Pro- like, I watched the movie, and then I went through the production history, and I see how much research they did for biblical accuracy, and I'm like, oh, that's what that was about. <laughs> they really wanted to make sure they didn't ruffle too many feathers with this. Listen, it's in the book. We're just the messenger here. <laughs> yeah, any... any uh any relation to deities uh, are entirely coincidental. Mm-hmm. The fact that Moses talks to God and is also the same person is uh, is is totally, I don't know. Yeah, it's not the same guy. Ours had a speech impediment. There you go. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we yeah. start with this song, Deliver Us. It's basically a summary of that first infanticide and, uh, the you know, the baby and the reed and the Nile sequence. Um you, it's a really good set piece song. Um, you get a sense of not just the environment, but also like the scale of the monuments they're building, the oppression, um, the work conditions. Like you, you, you get kind of sent into it right away. It, it sets the ground very nicely. This is an excellent beginning song because, like, it, the, the stakes are already clear. The, the morality of the situation is already clear. Um, the tone is wonderful. Like, the, 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 the somber kind of uh, our life is a hell sort of sort of mood. The harsh drums go really well with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, beating the drum in time so that the slaves can do the work in time, but also just sort of lending drama to the scene like what what uh what, what they go through on a regular basis there's some interspersing of hebrew and english lyrics which is pretty awesome yeah i didn't i didn't catch the lyrics particularly well um but that makes I, sense. I didn't either i was just kind of watching the whole thing unfold and, and we get like a lot of different set dressing as well all of the houses you know the, those kind of ancient egypt style little block domiciles we see that the egyptian soldiers you know they're using sickles it's not like when the romans use swords the the, yeah the the, uh the kapesh i think is what they're called um which 
Speaking of, they do a, like I said, they do a really good job showing enough for an adult viewer to see some atrocities, yeah. but not so much that kids will get scarred. So mm-hmm. whips, yeah, they can crack. People can wince. No blood, no <laughs> horrific scarring of the back, which totally happens. Right. Um, Egyptians going into the houses with knives. We know what those are for, <laughs> uh, but you know they leave. They let us imagine it. They just see the person going into the house sure. and then screaming. Yep. Yep. And Pretty brutal. Yeah. And it, it focuses in on, you know, um, Yocheved sending off Moses in the basket. You kind of see why this is an option of last resort and why not everybody's doing this. Because, like, the Nile's not a safe place. Yeah. Th- here's... <laughs> I, I'm not... Thr- like, the, the opening song is wonderful. This is, this is a real triumph. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action sequence for Moses's baby basket on the Nile is, is, is pretty ludicrous. It's, it, it, you know, this is right at that... It, it's not at the Uncanny Valley stage of animation for humans, but it is at the Uncanny Valley stage for water and water physics. Yeah, yeah this, this is very malicious So it's distracting. Water. <laughs> like, I, either stormy seas or fishing or rowboats mm-hmm. uh, are going to heckle this baby basket. Nope, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them, or we're not, or we don't sell the idea that it's dangerous. Send in the hippos and the crocs. It's it's just a lot, um, and we we're about to have a better action sequence, so that oh, yeah. one gets a thumbs down for me. Um, so the basket makes its way to the uh, Pharaohess, who has her own son Ramses, uh, and who will become Moses's rival, Moses's, um, and mm-hmm. Miriam, Moses's uh, sister, sees and sings about it. You know, she's kind of uh, the only one who really knows what's going on throughout the course of the movie. I don't know what's going on with, like, her being in the know for, like, his destiny. There, There's some destiny uh, shenanigans going on in the back end where, like, he's going to come back and save us all. I don't know where she's getting that from. It's, it's not, if, if, I mean, yeah. it's not destiny so much as, hey, my brother, whom I know I have an attachment to, hey, he, he effectively won the dynastic lottery, um... I can use that because only somebody in a position of power can change our lot in life. That's a really romantic way to phrase sleeper agent trained from infancy. Well, the training, it's not really (laughs) training, is it? It's more of a divine, um, you know, coercion. I I don't know if that makes it better or worse. (laughs) That's not for us to decide, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) We're not biblical scholars. Um, In any case... We, we, uh, there's we, a time skip. Yeah, and we see the uh, the construction of the Egyptian monuments. Um, the, we get these very nice vertical shots. It it's really <laughs> it's really reminiscent of the construction projects from Fievel Goes West. The, this I've, <laughs> I I phrased in my notes that Moses and Ramses do some Tony Hawking across Egypt on chariots. Yes, this is the chariot race. They are they're causing a ruckus in the town, and this is a sequence I think relied heavily on the uh, recent uh, computer generated technology. Like yeah, it, it's it's all spectacle. This this does not come in from the Bible anywhere. It's just a set piece like time skip. Check out this. This is this is the way to start the um. And we need some levity. There's some 
pretty heavy <laughs> stuff not too long ago. The last scene was rough. The next scene, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so so we needed a, a little, you know, a little um, a little levity to get the thing going. But we also want to get Moses on our side, and he's a rap scallion. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's 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 a he's, he's a troublemaker. He's very much a Bart Simpson. Yeah. And like, Ramsey's, his heart's in the right place, but he likes uh, he's he's a bit of a scamp. And Ramsey's always ends up going along, but he's the one because, you know, he's going to be the pharaoh one day. He's the one with the responsibilities and the weight falls on him. Uh, we have that's the, one of that's one of those themes that doesn't get really elaborated sufficiently. The whole destined for greatness pressure put on them kind of thing. And, and they they go to some lengths to show like how having the weight of the world of being the next pharaoh and also to have your father's approval is like detrimental which is fairly forward thinking uh but they don't really develop it much oh see i thought it was it was one of the more you know um central th- it was certainly central to ramses's character because it makes everything else make sense right it makes sense why he goes along with moses because he needs you know that sort of break from his uh, regiment. It shows why he's so determined to, you know, do greater than my father. And the only way is to whip the Israelites harder. That that would be true if the counterpoint to it was Moses not following a different father figure. Yeah, because destiny. Yeah, how did Moses end up this way? It, no, it's just like they're both following dads with a lot of expectations for their sons to carry out their will so uh, if, yeah if we're I, trying I might to introduce say, you to dynastic politics i'm just i just i if if they're trying to make a point about expectations being harmful they don't do it so that's what i mean when i say this, this theme is kind of half cooked mm. it's it definitely sh- shows ramsey's really struggling with the the with the weight of the expectations and we also have a, uh, you know, how did the Sphinx's nose break joke? Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, we got to have uh, one. Yeah, and that's the that's the Tony Hawk part of it, where they're like chariot racing down the scaffolding <laughs> as the no- nose is chasing them, like a like a freaking Indiana Jones trap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Sonic to a lesser degree. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I saw a movie at uh my my job um. Uh, I, I work in a kind of um, internet uh, streaming industry at times, and uh, they had a premiere today for a movie called The Bad Guys, which it's like Zootopia, but worse. Hmm. And uh, they we've never really gotten over the whole car chase scene. <laughs> like, like it, it we just, can't let it go? The, not only that, there isn't really any elaboration on it. You know, mm. it's just somebody's chasing and someone's trying to get away <laughs> and it just happens for a bit. <laughs> like there, there's really not a lot else going on in car chase scenes. You want sort of a Scooby-Doo car chase scene where like a bunch of new cars come in and intersect. I <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Um, so anyway, we, they, we have they, a chat they, with they the do... Pharaoh. Yeah, go ahead. We have a chat with the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh's two goofy viziers. Um, he chastises yep. them. Ramses, you're the weak link in the chain. Um, I, I really like this heart-to-heart shot um, where the pharaoh is framed by a huge statue of himself in the background. And then later yeah. on in the movie, how Ramses is like also lining up with those. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. 
uh, just constantly um, living in his shadow. It, it's it's a uh, they do some nice visual stuff just because you've got huge statues made out of people of the people who are still alive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's there's 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 dissection on that that I could do. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to say what happens in the scene is that um, the pharaoh chews them out for being reckless and not treating. Uh, and not treating Ramsey's impending ascension seriously. Mm-hmm. I thought that there were a lot of little good character moments between everyone about how, like, Ramsey's can't really talk back to the father, but Moses, because he doesn't have as many expectations, is able to have kind of more of a heart-to-heart with him. Yeah. Um, there's also one of my favorite moments of the whole movie when uh, the Pharaoh, Pharaoh S is, did you say? Isn't Pharaoh S the right word? I have no clue. Lady Pharaoh? Uh, La- Lady Pharaoh, Larry, Lady Pharaoh Fawcett O'Neill there. Um, she kind of puts the hand out when Ramses is going to like give an excuse. And mm. that just, that is such a well-observed family <laughs> dynamic moment of, you don't want to talk to him when he's like this. Pick. <laughs> Pick your moment, boy. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to have another scene just like this in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just like there's a lot of scenes like that that just carry a lot of weight without any dialogue, which is um, kind of a mark of a, of a well-told story. Yeah, I had mentioned that like animators worked in teams on specific characters. So so that sort of, um, you know, you body language and stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the little detail that Moses wears a wig. And we see why later when his hair is really long and he's, like, clearly Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, don't a lot of them wear headdresses? Like, I didn't think that that was a Yeah, it's like the, it's the powdered wigs of their time. Oh, so it is. I saw a different uh, hail, uh, a different hair historical uh, oddity that um, that is that is apparently true to form. Uh, Ramses has like a little side braid mm. and that's supposed to um, denote adolescence to some degree oh that's interesting yeah I, I, I didn't uh, it's just kind of like one of those odd details that I read up on didn't really connect to anything but just kind of another another bit of uh, seeing that they did their research yeah we, we, sh- we should bring back the uh, the fully shaved except for a side pony I'm kind of like I mean, if it wasn't adjacent to a skinhead aesthetic, I think I'd probably be into it. God, they ruin everything. Um, so, I mean, it, it, they would have ruined Rat Tails if they, you know, they would have ruined. If they Rat weren't mutually exclusive rival clans. If only we let them. So uh, Moses and Ramses are late for the banquet, where um, Ramses is named the regent in charge of temples, and because uh, like the pharaoh assumes, like, okay, if I give him responsibility, that will help him. Like, can I uh, can I rewind for a second sure. for before the banquet when uh, Ramses and Moses are kind of having the brotherly buddy buddy? Why do you always have to goof off? Why sure, do you got to yeah. be too uptight? Kind of chat. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it. It just that there there isn't really personalization if you go back and read the 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 you know Old Testament slash Torah. Sure, it's uh just. You get, and then this happened, and then that happened, and it, you know, kind of omniscient narrator, mm-hmm. so to speak. Not a lot of personality. This goes a long way toward getting me to care about the rest of the movie, of just, like, showing them being ri- rivals slash best friends slash worst enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, you, you, yeah. you look at what is in the, uh, you know, the Bible, and you're like, okay, what 
other events and character dispositions should have happened to make the rest of this cohesive narrative. Yeah, yeah. That I makes mean, sense Ramsey's to us today. Ju- Ramsey's get really gets a bad rep for uh, all of the slavery and killing. You know, they're not, we're not getting the full story. Like, you know, sometimes he liked to sing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he's his father's son, you know. <laughs> Gotta take over the slave. <laughs> boys business. will be boys. Um that that was that was good character building. I also really love this uh you know how Moses kind of being like, Yep, you're single handedly destroying the dynasty. There <laughs> go the pyramids. Is that a Roddy Dangerfield reference? <laughs> it it just it feels like something they wanted to work in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a line that somebody came up with and they didn't want to cut. We also get a lot of entitled behavior from them, which is useful backdrop on mm-hmm. yet another theme that doesn't get worked in super well, which is like the dangers of entitlement versus, uh, you know, taking taking what you have for granted. They're they're pouring like a huge punch bowl at uh, Bulk and Skull as like a joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't. There aren't really enough characters uh, that we can understand like the the broad dynamics of like wealth and entitlement will ruin you and also like hard backbreaking labor will ruin you like we don't really have time for that no we don't there's no there's no time for subtlety with that so we more or less just get lounging in luxury versus being whipped by a slave driver mm-hmm. but i like that it is consistent with some of the incidental character beats here yeah it just it just makes the shift a little more abrupt in Moses's characterization than it might otherwise be. That that is, that is true. <laughs> you kill one man and suddenly, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. at this banquet, uh, Ramses is named the regent in charge of temples. He names Moses chief architect, um, and the priests put on a show with a slave girl who tries to break out. Moses neutralizes the situation, and uh, you know he he feels bad about the slave girl. Um, it's unclear why, like you say, like he has this upbringing of entitlement. It's not clear why yeah. he would feel bad for her other than it this really idea of like lep- racial yeah. morality, which is also uncomfortable. It's, it's not a thing that Moses would have in the back pocket at this point. Yeah. Cause like we said, Moses isn't supposed to be good inherently. He becomes a hero through his struggle. Yes. Right. So, so he should be. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't he shouldn't be good here just because he's Jewish. Legitimately, I when when he like, you know, when the banquet is over and he and they they have the uh the slave girl sent to his chambers. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh shit, entitled behavior. Never been told no." This I mean, the the scene is set such <laughs> that Moses is going to take sexual advantage of this girl and then he just decides not to i mm-hmm. guess maybe i was just reading too much into it but i agree his shift to caring about a person of lower status is very out of character for him at this moment I, i'm glad I, it happens i, I didn't want i didn't want to see that scene I, i'm just saying it, it it does come out of nowhere well i think the 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 main you know uh personality trait we've seen of moses that isn't based on his upbringing is the fact that he's so rambunctious you know he's a scallywag he's kind of sticking his nose and thumb at you know authority figures and oh, she's so doing that it's too. like a mutual 
mutual respect. Yeah, because like, game like, recognizes game. I guess I won't take advantage of you. Instead, I'm going to like pants the guards or whatever. Yeah, because when he goes to his chambers and sees that she's escaped, he goes after her not because he wants to capture her, but because he's like kind of intrigued. I well, what was his plan when before he realized <laughs> that she escaped? He like, doesn't have plans. He sees the, he sees the silhouette behind the bed, and it, he, it looks like he's like, all right, you know, kind of revving himself up for something, and mm-hmm. I want to be charitable, even though I shouldn't be. I, I don't know, man. It's 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 pretty weird. Well, well, she spat at him last time, so maybe he's gearing up for that kind of interaction. Oh, oh for a frenemy. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the only kind of friends he knows. That's true. Um, yeah, so, uh, so he basically, like helps her not get caught and um you know he sees that she is preparing for a journey into the desert helped by miriam and aaron and they these are his these are moses's siblings uh but he does not know that yet yeah i love the interactions here yeah yeah how he how aaron is like let's let's not bring this up right now maybe we can bide our time more and miriam's like look he's here no one else is here we're not going to get a better chance to tell him hey where are your family? Can you turn your life around on a dime for us, please? It's it's a little aggressive. <laughs> I I will say I really like the read that Moses gives here because it does seem like a person grappling with just a lot of info that he doesn't know how to parse. Yeah, and also his reflex is to tell the sh- slaves to shut up. Yeah, he he doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear that he is in fact bad because he's just doing what he was raised to do. Um. Yeah, but what, this entitled behavior works for me. Like, this this reads as true to form. L- letting the slave girl go, I, I kind of doubt that he would have done that. But uh, telling, you know, Miriam and Jeff Goldblum to shut up while having extremely conflicted emotions across his face, that sells. Yeah, he's he's kind of working through it. And, and the reason why he kind of starts to change his mind on things is he recognizes the song that Miriam sings as, you know, the song from when he was an infant yeah that's just some disney memory magic there and moses's response to like stressful sudden situations is to run away i love his reactions (laughs) because it's like it's like you can so clearly see the distinction between confusion followed by elation followed by panic yeah yeah and and no words like it's just him coming to terms with a lot yeah, uh, in, a, he, in quick kinda, succession, he kind of goes through all of Dabda in like a in a second yeah. or two. <laughs> like this can't be right. It's Wait a, a real second. Homer Simpson. I I like the short term significance of what's happening, but the long term significance is very stressful for me. What do you mean? He's just like thinking through. Okay, oh wow, I have family I didn't oh, know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, all of this other stuff. <laughs> I thought you meant you had. Oh, uh, no. Uh, we're, we're a fan of the short-term significance <laughs> no um the short-term significance is he you know he holds himself up in his room and sings a sad song and he's not a great singer uh this is wonderful i i i think that this was my favorite song of the movie really i i thought that it was just kind of all right i'm i'm waiting till till it gets over with the thing that really uh th- this the song by the way all i ever wanted mm-hmm. what really made it sell for me was his out of breath read because moses is running he's running like the devil's after him because he just learned a lot of things and they're stressing him out 
clean and all I've ever known, all I ever wanted. Sweet perfumes of incense, graceful rooms of alabaster stone, all I ever wanted. This is and my he's like trying to, like the, the place of the song makes perfect sense character-wise because he's like exulting how good he has it and saying, you know, close your third eye, don't think about it too much. And he's like, look at all the good things I have. But he's still clearly amped up on adrenaline from all the stress. Mm. So that talking too fast, panting kind of way that he sings this song, I, I it just really read to me. Yeah, it is an honest read, if not the it most professional It puts emotion read. into the scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Very honest. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we get a hieroglyphic dream sequence. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> th- this is a standout scene. This is solid technique for storytelling, too. Because, like, we already know the plot details. We already know the nuts and bolts of all the infanticide. Mm-hmm. In so the this backdrop. is just emotional. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, Moses is coming to terms with it for the first time. So all we get is visceral you know, uh, representation of the things that we already know, which frame it in from a new perspective so it's not boring for us, but also lacks dialogue of any kind, so it's mostly emotional and is also hieroglyphics. So in the first scene when we're, when there was infanticide going on, we had a song going on, mm-hmm. so it was easier for kids to imbibe. Now it's a cutesy, you know... 2D animation style going on, so it's easier for kids. Like every time they do the atrocities, they they, they dial it back a little. Yeah, give, give you some a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. And the music in this section, it has the melody of the lullaby played against the frantic like chase music as he's running away from from the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that, like dr- you know, meaningful dreams in Egypt is a thing that pops up a few times in the Bible, like. Yeah, they, they like their dreams. They like yeah. their prophecy. Um, I, I actually really liked how stylistically different this animation was from the main one. My, when I when I saw it, uh, my brain was actually like, oh, this part of the movie is animated. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so cool. lifelike in the, in the main sequence. It's true. Yeah, it it's, it's kind of reminds me of that Wreck-It Ralph thing where like some characters were yeah. f- had, had like a lower frame rate than everyone else. Yeah, it's more iconic than others. Yeah. And and just, you know, it's also set dressing that we might have only been imbibing passively, but damn it, we did our research. We know what these hieroglyphs mean and how they should look. We better have a full length, you know, dream sequence yeah. to some hieroglyphs. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's classic iconography. Like if, if you're so setting something in this area, you might as well use it. Totally. Uh and then we come out of it and uh we see that Moses is holed up uh in front of the infanticide mural. Weird choice to put the mural of infanticide there. <laughs> well, it's like... Presumably he's seen this before. It, it, he just kind of didn't put it together. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. Of like Come to think of it, there were an awful lot of arrest kid. warrants in my dad's den. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart comes in the uh the the pharaoh and has a heart to heart with him which is i i i love the tenderness mm-hmm. in this interaction like the hug like yeah. this is not a hug that he would give ramses yeah, but because but... he doesn't have the expectations peace to is just coming into moses and being like i'm here to comfort you dude yeah because he has to 
have a son who is a certain way, but he also just wants to be a father in a certain way. Um, but also, yeah. like, he, he justifies his actions. He's like, well, this was for the greater good. Um, and he Moses also soon after has a conversation with uh, his adopted mother, the Pharaohess, and he's like, well, why did why did you guys choose me? And she's like, we didn't. The gods did. Like, you showed up. Um, the 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 scariest moment in the whole movie uh, is when Patrick Stewart says, oh, my son, they were only slaves. <laughs> and just like like as a comforting fatherly yeah. thing to say to him. And his eyes just go like completely vacant. <laughs> like, with oh terror. no, the problem's worse than I thought. <laughs> and he's be- getting a hug at that moment, and he's just like, I, I, the 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 um, <laughs> just like the the like the little minor facial cues of Moses in this scene. This is easily my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, him not, coming not to close. Terms. Yeah. Is is no, not him coming to terms, him being overwhelmed and the animation showing all the different facets of that overwhelmingness. Mm-hmm. Uh it, and it continues because when he gets that horror, when it awakens on his face, you can see him also like retreat in like an incredibly metaphorical way, stepping out of the sunlight mm-hmm. and into the shadows of the corner of the room. Like he's no longer He's choosing not to be part of this grand design that his father had for him, but he's like kind of charting his own path. Right. He's, you know, he he's he's stepping out of the favor of his of his peep of of his father and trying to figure out what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and and the movie like after this happens, the whole focus of the movie kind of shifts because now when we have those big group scenes in the courtyard as Ramses is saying like, oh, I'm going to make the temples more grand. I'm going to to do this and this. We're not focused on the chariot. We're not focused on the, you know, the professionals hanging the Sphinx nose. We're looking at the slaves. We're seeing Moses interacting and like, how did I not notice these guys before? It's a, it's a really good, uh, it, it's really good continuity between the story and, and and the way that it is expressing itself and what the animation chooses to show us. Yes. And I also love the facial expressions uh, like of the slaves as, you know, Moses is looking at them, how, you know, there there's like a faint glimmer of like recognition in them of like seeing that he's seeing them different. But they just like it's not a thing that they can bother caring about. Yeah, they don't have the luxury of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't catch that, but you're totally right. There is sort of a, I'm being seen, you know, witnessed. Yeah. Uh, sort of feeling there. But the hope is gone. Yeah. And we, we yeah, the, yeah, we, we, we see in later scenes when like, um, you know, he's trying to bring hope and faith back to the slaves. It's usually the younger ones, right? It's like, usually everyone except Jeff Goldblum that's receptive to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we call an outlier. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we, we are focusing primarily on the slaves. Uh, and we see an old man getting whipped, which I don't know, man. Like after a certain point, the whip just gives way to arthritis in terms of priorities, right? I, I have to assume that if you are uh, of the slave drivers, the one with the whip, you want to be in that position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, so- you chose the job. <laughs> So someone didn't quite qualify for the NYPD, did they? Mm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, so Miriam wants to go rescue this old man, uh, but Jeff Goldblum correctly points out, don't don't get fucking involved. This, this, this... It's just going to kill all of us. <laughs> right, like like he's been around this whole time, and Miriam has kind of been shield. Like, you get the sense like that he's been shielding her from the worst of it in some ways. Or Yeah, or like taking on the role of coward so that he... So that he can kind of protect her heart. Uh, yeah, so that she can maintain her ideals. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, I, I like the back and forth of them. They're 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 really good. It's it's mm-hmm. also something that reads very sibling to me. Yeah, um, um, we we have uh, Moses, you know, kind of charging at the guard and um, you know to stop him, and the guard falls to his death. Right. This is this is kind of a major moment in the mythology of Moses, the character. Right. It's like. The, the way that I've seen it described in, like, analyses of Exodus is, like, this is this is our hero. This is the guy who, you know, leads us out of out of Egypt. Um, his hands aren't clean. And yeah, everyone kind of accepts that as necessary. That's excellent, um, because it, it first of all, it's a great way to phrase a redemption, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you you shouldn't have your heroes be pristine. They should be carrying some baggage. Uh, it's it's also really good in that um, it's it's a necessary way for Moses to burn the bridges of ties with the Egyptian nobility. Like he can't yeah. come back from this. So he's he's sort of accidental though it might be it's a line in the sand that he cannot return from yeah he uh, you know he's he's learned too much he can no longer look at the slave situation in ignorance and this character you know we've only seen him respond to stress by running away and if that's you know if that's the thing that gets him to go off on his vision quest then that's what's got to happen yeah um he does true to form he's running away oh yeah and the music slaps like this is great yeah it's good (laughs) great desert sequences um on the way out his brother tries to stop him like listen we can figure this out you know i'm the pharaoh the stars and the sun revolve around me like let's just let's just sit like no no no, so some real cuomo situation going on (laughs) he's like buddy maybe not all that privilege was was good for us you know maybe maybe we aren't gods maybe that's a bad idea (laughs) yeah Um, and he tells Ramsey's like Ask Pharaoh. Tell him. Ask Pharaoh to tell you the truth about who I am and who you are. Yeah, I, uh, I, I the, love the complexity they do a little... of the feelings they let him have. There's a lot of complex family dynamic feelings in this, and I love all of it. They do a nice little callback. Uh, Miriam told Moses, "Asks the man you used to call father," uh, and then Moses says, "Ask the man I used to call father mm-hmm. to uh, to Ramses." Yeah, Just nice little ironic echo there. Yeah, because when you're when you're breaking away from what you have been indoctrinated in all your life, you don't have your own words for convincing other people that it's the right thing. You can only kind of borrow other people's until you've had your own, you know, uh, uh, growth through that. Mm-hmm. Um, like like any time I come to realize that I was wrong about something in the world, um. And I try and convince somebody else. I, I I don't have my words about it yet until I've really grokked it. So I have to borrow somebody else's. I'll be honest. A lot of the time when I become aware of uh, issues in the world that I was not formally aware of, I honestly try to keep it under wraps until I have a more full picture. Like, no one ever told Moses how to be an effective ally. The right. Way <laughs> to, you know, the way to defeat homophobia is not 
killing or hazing homophobes. That, that's just going to make it worse. The way to get these people out of slavery is not to kill a slave driver. Like, it's just very short-sighted of him mm-hmm. in terms of... I, it, it strikes me as, like, somebody who grew up in a very sheltered background being like, hey, racism's wrong! And, like, just being <laughs> way too uh, impassionate about it because they haven't learned the the textures of how an of how you're actually supposed to forward these causes yeah, without... He- he only has on so that. many verbs for dealing with that sort of that sort of problem. Yeah, um, I, I think the farewell scene is actually very, fairly touching. Like mm-hmm. they've done a lot of work to establish that he and Ramses are tight. They're brothers. They yeah. you know, they love each other, uh, and this is driving a wedge between them that neither of them really want, but neither can turn away from. I, I really love how during the you know desert landscape montage that we come into, um, yeah. Moses removes his vestments right he's he's sacrificing who he was in the societal sense but he mm-hmm. doesn't get rid of the ring that his brother gave him you know he he doesn't want to destroy that familial connection yet and i think that's yeah, just and- a really nice nuanced um and subtle thing for for him to do that pays off later this is the only way that the movie has dram- drama to me like i can't get dramatic dramatic stakes out of uh, ten plagues happen, and then the pharaoh, and then they die in, in the in the sea. Yeah, in, in the sea. Yeah, like the, like I already know all of that. The thing that is new that can kind of get me on the movie's side is these character interactions, which the are fictitious. Yeah, um, but that's not a <laughs> that's not important. The point is, I, I I like that Moses's ideals are being tested against his sense of loyalty. Yeah. Or his sense of propriety or his sense of love for his family. Like, it can be love versus duty, you know? Yeah. And, and like we're saying about, like, when you have to update your morals and judgments in the modern era, like, doesn't mean that you immediately hate all your friends and family who haven't. It just means, like, you know, you, you have to set a clear line for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um. um very good, very good, uh, meaningful removal of all the Egyptian garb. I didn't say it earlier, but that that um, that necklace, gold plate across the chest thing yeah. that they have, the glinting of that in the sunlight is so well done. It looks <laughs> incredible every time mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah, just one of those many little details. Mm-hmm. Um, we are moving toward a lighter segment of the movie, right? Um, Moses yeah. is is freed from all of these social obligations and the stress of who he was um we get this uh camel spitting on him yeah yeah is that okay yeah that's fine it's just (laughs) it's a lot lighter (laughs) than the previous scenes it is uh and you know like generally when somebody's dying of thirst in the desert i don't have a uh i i don't have appetite for comedy but like i guess the stakes of the scene are set when you see a camel chewing on his hair. It's just like, oh, okay, don't worry. He's going to be fine. If oh, yeah, he were right. not going to be fine, the camel <laughs> would not be chewing on his hair and we wouldn't be making a big thing out of uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he travels with the camel to the watering hole where he sees some bandits harassing kids and he, um, you know, he, he manages to get rid of them before he collapses. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. I, I don't know what they're trying to do here. I think he's overcompensating for his sense of guilt. I guess I buy that. I just it it felt like we're trying to make moral amends for this character before he's really had cause to make moral amends. Like mm-hmm. he's got to do some more learning beyond just 
slavery bad. I, I think it's showing how he, in a situation removed from the context that he's used to, is able to see good from bad. I guess so. I wouldn't have minded the the bullies just beating the beating him up again, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because that would have also kind of gone to from the into like the the pampered background. You have to learn what life is actually like for us common people, for mm-hmm. your you know heritage people. Um, and just no, he just uh, he's he's buffer than <laughs> bandits, even though he's been dying of thirst in the death. It just doesn't read to me. Um. And the uh, the slave girl from before that we saw, um, she recognizes him in a, in a little scene where, like, he's in a well. She helps him up. Uh, she recognizes, all wordless, she recognizes who he is, drops him back in. It's funny, but it also, like, re- lets us know, like, this is the same person from before, and she recognizes him. Yeah, and, and also, you might be on our side now, but you gotta atone. Like, there, there's, it's gonna be a process. Yeah, but... we're gonna make fun of you forever about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Zipporah. Mm-hmm. And uh, becomes Moses' wife after a long, uh, a long time skip sequence to yeah. a song called yeah. "Look at Your Life Through Heaven's Eyes." Yeah, he's he's basically being welcomed into, um, you know, their clan. Uh, Jethro, her father, sings this song about how, like, listen, your actions are kind of hard to gauge from your limited perspective, like. Maybe you can still do a lot of good. Maybe your experiences are leading towards something greater. Uh, and he kind of like joins their society and sees that their way of life is better than what he had. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just standard anti-capitalist fare. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really important is life are the people around you and like, you know, the, 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 the simple things. Uh, basically a refutation of the um, the entitled... The entitled way he grew up uh, again not a theme that ever really gets resolved but uh it is it is a fine sentiment and a good song and watching him heal is touching so how can you see what your life is worth or where your value lies you can never see through the eyes of man you must look at your life look at your life through heaven's eyes yeah um this uh, scene reminded me. Uh, I just finished reading a book called um, "The Dawn of Everything: A New History of Humanity," mm. and it makes the point that like people used to be a lot more free, not just within their societies, but because they could leave their society and just join a different one that like suited them better. Mm. Um, and that's where a lot of the ideas of like hospitality as a cultural like high moral mm. come from because everybody's kind of have to do that or your society won't last because everybody will leave that and go to one where it is. I think that there's a message of like ec- having economic freedom that's necessary for that that no longer exists, at least not on the same scale. It's a good it's a good book and it kind of delves into some of that. Um, it kind okay. of, you know, kind of delves into like chicken and egg. How yeah. how did we get here? How did we get stuck in our current systems? Yeah, that is it. Would you recommend? I would. I'll it's put long. It in the show notes. <laughs> it's a long book. I got time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, watching Prince of Egypt for fun. Um, I got time. So Moses becomes a shepherd, and he wanders after a sheep that goes off on its own. Um, uh, is this the origin of the the Jesus sheep parable? Oh, good question. I think shepherds were just like 
you know, subjects of 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 uh, unabated thirst in those days. They were everywhere. Yeah, they, they, they were like firemen or policemen today. Oh yeah, or I guess yeah. in the fifties before it got canceled. Uh, yeah, shepherds were just the bees' knees. Mm-hmm. The the scarabs' shells. I don't know. <laughs> like a Moses male stripper, you're saying is is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's. I mean, he's he's, he's two thirds of the way there already. He's, he got rid of the. Good. He got rid of the really flamboyant jewelry, so he's not giving any mixed <laughs> signals. Uh, he got that good. He got that good long hair. He's nice and shaggy now. So now I just want to see that he's uh, capable of taking care of his mama and being nice to dogs. And sheep are simply uh, middle dogs Eastern of the dogs. land. <laughs> dogs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he runs into the burning bush and speaks to God. Um, yeah. This, this is a really neat scene. Um, you know, it, it's one of those weird parts of biblical stories where it's like the imagery and the context probably seemed a lot grander uh, at the yeah. time. Kind of like how the the fact that um, in the in the you know, and God said, "Let there be light." Whatever part that is from, I, I can't remember exactly. Genesis, yeah, Genesis. Uh, the Genesis Convention. When um, oh. no good, no good. Backspace. We're hit. We're hitting a lot of hitting a lot of bad ones today. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, in in Genesis, they have like that passage of like, for whatever reason, they thought it was really important to say that God breathed life in through the nose for Adam. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, like, I was in a humanities class one time, and I, I, they, they made special point of saying, notice, it doesn't go into the mouth. They breathe it in through the nose, and that was important because, and I don't remember the actual reason, because I was just <laughs> floored by the notion that this is the detail that they made, that they wanted to be uh, sacrosanct. And it kind of feels the same way with this burning bush. It's like, well, why is it a why is it a bush? Why is it on fire? Why are these codifiers of divinity? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I like the way that it, they do it because it's like, listen, you got to remove your shoes. This is holy ground. And he's like, why should I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God's like, you gonna wipe your feet. <laughs> um, and then he just throws them back once he's convinced. You know, I am I am the God of your forefathers and all this. Um, I, yeah, he does all that stuff. I like the way that the God voice is done because it's not the big booming grand. Th- thing that you're used to in media it's val kilmer doing yeah. like a, this is a voice in your own head right right like that, that's a this is the know. guiding light that has been in you this whole time and yeah and, and if you want to try to take it a little bit away from the divinity aspect what they're really getting at is uh the causes that he's fighting for are morally correct mm-hmm. and in order to pursue them he had to give up his worldly possessions and status yeah, yeah, he had to go through that to to be open to this message. Um, mm-hmm. I I really love the um, this Old Testament God who is able to admonish you and encourage you and put burdens on you, but also lift you up all in one like quick thing. Yeah, this is why I say that he's kind of a disappointed dad. Is was <laughs> like Old Testament, like for those not in the know, Old Testament God was 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 a little cranky. He's <laughs> a, a bit cranky. You just get, had to, you know, you needed I to wait until he had his coffee. How would you do? Yeah, <laughs> don't you, like uh, the you know the Pharaoh ass with the with the hand up, like not right now. God's in a mood. Just yeah. just wait your turn. The father figures of this. Yeah, uh, so 
I, I do like the whole wipe your feet thing. <laughs> yeah, put down a coaster. Um, but but also I like the idea that it, it we can explain it away as he, he's just listening to his moral compass, which he is now open to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Old, Old Testament God is 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 a is a trip for I don't know like New Testament God has kind of dictated moral norms for most of American society at least on the biblical side the, the, of things the, the, the fan fiction version <laughs> the the version where he's uh, always good I guess or or at least like not super narcissistic and punishing he's 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 a he's a relic of the times here uh yeah which times that's the question but uh you know old testament god was all about smiting people into pillars of salt for you know homosexual relations or what have you new testament god is like be a good be a good dude (laughs) or or else question mark like it, it wasn't specific. It wasn't like specific disappointment. It was just thou shalt. Please. And that's and that's how we get three out of the five books of the Pentateuch being like, yeah, this is this is how much you sell the goat for. <laughs> if this we is re- the proper revenge for that. Exactly. Don't eat shellfish. If, if if the if the if if the bad circumstance is just kind of blanket yeah you're gonna go to hell it's kind of hard to put a number to each of the sins it's like (laughs) well what am i gonna go to i i i you know i stole a video game and then i you know stabbed 40 people they both mean i go to hell like i don't really know how to gauge this yeah oh we should have put a disclaimer at the top of the movie as well that uh you're going to hell (laughs) yeah well um i'm going to hell yeah, so uh, he basically recounts the experience to his wife. Um, he's getting everybody on board. They're, I, they're this is go to entirely th- this entire experience is uh, given to his wife via picti- pictionary. Right, there's no words in this scene. Or, or yeah, yeah, it's, he's he's just pantomiming the whole thing. He's like, yeah, and then there's the bush. She's like, oh, yeah, boy. and he like gesturing to his feet, and Zipporah just kind of being like, what have I got oh, into? What has happened to my husband? <laughs> It's a very funny scene. Um, but yeah, uh, he is going back to Egypt He's to see uh, Ramses is now the pharaoh on the throne. I, I I love that they like they're actually happy to see each other. It's that human moment. It's so good. Yeah, th- this is again. These are the moments that I actually care about. And Pharaoh is like, listen, Moses, I'm going to pardon you for all crimes past and future forever. And Moses is like. That's not really why I'm here. <laughs> I, I hate I to tell you, bro. I appreciate it, but yeah, like he he's kind of gone through this apotheosis that uh, Ramses has not, and uh, I I love the amount of finagling that he's trying to do, like mm-hmm. a please don't do this to me. You can still turn back, kind of. Uh, he he wants to be able to welcome Ramses into his enlightenment, and uh, the groundwork is not there. Yeah, he he he. It's awkward for everybody. He says like. In my heart, you are my brother, but things cannot be as they were. You know I am a Hebrew, and God says you have to let them go. And if it was just brother to brother, yeah, maybe. Why'd that... you got to get dads involved? Well, well, no, well, like maybe he could have gotten through in in some way, but I I think it's the fact that Pharaoh is relying on his viziers. He has this sort of shackles of power. He is held by pride and history and all this stuff like he can't 
interact with people on a personal level anymore. He's been too removed from it. He's also just, I mean, it's more of the same, but he's been built up by his father to carry on a dynasty. So we also get kind of that parental expectation uh, causing causing people to be very fragile Mm -hmm. as adults. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's... Moses is like, listen, I'm really serious. Take a look at this staff. Yeah, this it the whole stick to snake magic that he does to wow the crowd seems very quaint nowadays. Mm. Well, <laughs> you you got to think like back in the age in which you know uh, Moses Moses was sexy and <laughs> and sheep were <laughs> sheep were dogs and all that. Uh, stick to snake magic was apex magic. That was top tier shit. Well, you know, it's an it's an interesting thing from a negotiation standpoint, right? Like, do you want to start off with your strongest card, or do you want to play it a oh, little slow? Oh, do you think do you think it's like an emasculation thing? Like, listen, this is what I can do. Oh, I can make you flaccid. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe in the original reading, I, I don't doubt that. There's, there's got to be something. There. Saying there's got to be something in there. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like there would be. Um, I think I I've kind of gotten the sense just from a religious angle that moses doesn't have the magic he's just kind of a messenger like he's just kind of being oh a no that's explicit for for god to work through so he can't do the miracles that he does like he's not in charge of which ones come out well i mean it makes sense because he's the only one who the message can be delivered through be both because he is a celebrity in this world and mm-hmm. also because he has the favor of ramses uh, and soon the ire of Ramses. If Ramses was accosted by a traveling magician that said he s- saw God and did some magic, mm-hmm. who who cares? Yeah, we we've lost a lot of good prophets that way. <laughs> He's the only one who made it out. You got to build them up over time. <laughs> you need that sleep. I, I really like the idea of the only reason that God chose Moses wasn't because of any like internal fortitude. It's just like right place, right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to take somebody. This guy's uh, but this perfect. Leads to, <laughs> this this leads to uh, this song wherein uh, Bulk and Skull, I can't remember their names, Statler uh, and Waldorf, you yeah. know them, you love them. Uh, the the two kind of sycophants for the uh, for the Pharaoh uh, do magic of their own and invoke a bunch of gods in a song called "Playing with the Big Boys Now." Yeah, this Which is this, a song I remember more fondly than it actually is. Agreed. Here. I thought it was a lot more grand back in the day. Now it's I like, did too. The the visuals are good and the choreography and the framing, like it it's very theatric and you get a sense of the mystique of these religious charlatans. Yeah. But it's not it doesn't have the bombast or the like it's not catchy per se. It's just sort of, you know, stately and impressive for its own sake. Yeah, it. I don't know why it doesn't come across to me. Maybe it's because it doesn't involve any character that we care about. Like, yeah. Be Prepared is all about Scar talking about how great he is and how he's going to get everything through deception, mm-hmm. um, which is not a significant amount difference from this. Like, They're creating power through deception. We just don't care about them at all. We care about Scar. Yeah. And a lot of the lyrics are just listing off the Egyptian gods, and there's kind of a lot of them. I remember in my head that there was more of, like, a round, like they were doing a chorus of it, and so you would get kind of barraged, but I don't think that actually happens. It doesn't happen. I will say I liked that part of the song, where they're just opening with a, with a bunch of god names, because they go double time after a certain point, and that, that really gives a nice um, 
Nice rhythm to the piece. There's also a problem with this song where the argument is just my god's dick is bigger than your god's dick. Well, I have so many, you know, what are you going to do? You just have one. Whereas Moses is like, well, why do you need so many to match my one, you know? Say so it feels like you're overcompensating for something. Um, that, 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 but I, what I mean is like the argument here should be morality. There's a slavery going on. Right. And instead they make it an argument of, no, my god's the true god. It's an and appeal that's to just, authority. There's no, yeah, it's 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 insubstantial. Moses, Moses has moved past that, right? It's like when you take your first um, like uh, uh, philosophy course, and people are saying, you know, and, and then you go back home, and somebody's saying, "Well, that's just the way we've always done it," or "It's natural," and you're like, "Well, hang on a second. <laughs> Apparently, that doesn't cut it." Well, it, he, that would be how it goes if he extolled the virtues of, you know, freeing the slaves. Th- the fact that he's doing it through God is is more like. Or else. Uh, it's an or else it, argument. It, it is a more or else. It's also like you went off to learn philosophy and you go back and the people are like, this is just the way that things are. And uh, your response is, no, it's not. This is the way things are. Like <laughs> You don't snake. actually put forth an argument. You just be like, uh, no. Yeah, I kind of wanted a slavery debate. Um, uh, I, but... <laughs> it, it's not clean. Again, we're we're rubbing up against a couple of different themes in co- incoherently. Yeah, I mean, the, the the big problem with this song is it just doesn't do anything because right after Moses is talking to Ramses again, but now it's yeah, just it just one on one. Interrupts them. It just interrupts the talk. Um, this is when uh, we get that same framing as before with the you know Pharaoh in the front and then the Pharaoh statues in the back. Um, yeah, and. It, you know, you can see that he's constrained by his history. Uh, and Moses mm-hmm. returns the ring that he had kept with him all this time. He's like, forget about all the other royal stuff. I can't even be your brother if you can't see me eye to eye on this. It's very good symbology or symbolism. And it has kind of the opposite result that Moses might want, where Ramsey's his mood shifts and he's like, I'm going to double down on the slavery to prove a point. Literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he doubles the, the, the slave's workload, uh, which leads to the Jews hating him, mm-hmm. which, like, yeah, that sucks. Sure. Yep. Uh, this is uh, why we don't bother hoping for things. <laughs> yeah, this is, that's Jeff Goldblum's point. Jeff Goldblum giving him a lot of the business. Yeah. I and, really love this. Well, and it's, it's well earned. He's like, you only cared about slaves when you found out that you were one. And, like... Mm-hmm. That's not wrong. Valid. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely how it works. He had to do a lot of growing, but he's not quite done yet. Um, well, and also there's a point of like, you did the crime, now you got to do the time. Like, it's not yeah, you have more enough, time. It's not merely enough to know the right thing to do. That like redemption doesn't happen in the mind. Sure. Your actions have to. You have to atone in a way other than oh, I get it now. Redemptive Otherwise, justice. Yeah, you 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 have to forgiveness cannot just be assumed because you're making the right steps. The, right. They, they get to decide when you're forgiven. And they can decide that you're never forgiven, and that's their right as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, redemption is not a thing you are owed. 
Um, and that that's that's part of the hard part about this. Yeah, uh, but, Miriam um, is me, more yeah. future looking about the whole situation. She says, "Listen, Moses, God never abandoned you. Not in the Nile, not in Egypt, not in the desert. Um, he never abandoned you. So you can't abandon us. You have to try again. You're not done yet." Yeah, and then Moses gives a big football game speech to the people. <laughs> Listen, everybody, it's the third quarter. Chips are down. We they, get it. They're bigger. You know, they, 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 they've, they've got more money. They were able to scout more talent. They got the home court advantage. But I tell you one thing they don't have, and that's heart. You got to believe <laughs> in yourself and believe in me, and my snake <laughs> staff, and believe in God because there's some plagues coming. I've poisoned the other team's <laughs> water supply. I don't know. Did, did, did it strike you as football games to you as well? Cause... Five minutes in, they're going to be shitting their brains out, and that's when we get the end game. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we get them. I've spiked the water. Um, yeah, this it, it, it's just weird because he's like, guys, you just you have to have faith. You have to believe. And that is one of those themes that hasn't really been built up. Yeah. Also, we just got done saying, Moses, you can't be redeemed just through talking. And then he just does the talk, the speech. And now he's redeemed. Not of. only do you not get to talk to us as equals yet, you can't talk down to us yet either. <laughs> like, Yeah, you don't. Yeah, just kind of shut your mouth and do your work. Do <laughs> can, your time. Can, can you listen for a while? <laughs> See what's going on? <laughs> that, that'd be nice. Yeah, he immediately... I mean, I guess there was a time skip, but he 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 really goes from mouthing off to the slaves as better than them to, to speaking for them. Like, he's a terrible ally. <laughs> Showing up to all the Black Lives Matter protests he, as a white guy being like, don't you understand how, how horribly you've been treated? <laughs> He, he's the gritty anti-hero that we need in the modern era. <laughs> Buddy, come on. So, yeah, so we, we, we're we going to up the miracles into some plagues. <laughs> yeah, miracles too, revenge. I, I love the interpersonal stuff we've gotten, but anytime I see something straight out of the Bible, it's actually really cool. It's like a classic band playing the hits. Oh, yeah. No, ev- everybody likes a, 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 a river of blood. Mm-hmm. Like, it... I, uh, that's peak metal territory. And the and the priests are doing their fake magic, saying like, oh, we can do that too. Um, and you can kind of, like, because we know Moses puts down a plague, Pharaoh says no. Moses puts down a plague, Pharaoh says no. And you got to be like, okay, well, why is he saying no? And here's a plausible reason. Yeah, it's, it's personal for him. He doesn't want to lose face um, in front of his brother slash rival. Yeah, so he'll take weak explanations. Yeah. Which, uh, which is very good character work. Um, we f- For the plagues happening, uh, we get a reprise of the All I Ever Wanted song, mm. which is intercut with a lot of that kind of heavy drum music as atrocities are falling from the skies. Once I called you brother, once I thought the chance to make you laugh was all I ever wanted. I the sky, I send the fire raining. And even now, I wish that God had chose another Serving as your foe on his behalf Is the last thing that I wanted And listed by a chorus of angelic voices Like, Moses is focusing on the human side of things While all this other stuff is going on kind of on a grander scale Yeah, he's got artillery support now (laughs) Uh, Even Aaron, like, has a a verse Or, um, Ramses has a verse Like, we hear about his pride can we acknowledge think. that this is definitional terrorism? Like, that's what this is, right? 
we've really got to stop coming out in favor of terrorism. <laughs> I no no I'm, I'm listen I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I haven't you we look, like it's it's slavery right and he killed a guy and we were kind of fine with it then. This is just larger. Of course now he is killing civilians so that's kind of the distinction right. Is that, that what you're that's saying? the bit yeah that's the Geneva that's the Genesis convention issue there is you don't involve civilians because so. presumably god presumably could there are egyptian soldiers that you could specifically target yeah god could could target smite but that's just kind of not how things were done there he was just a lot doesn't roll group, that way like there was group punishment you know war, war tactics just hadn't evolved to modern sensibilities beyond children are easier to kill than adults because they're weaker <laughs> That I, seems to be the sum total of, of, of war tactics in that time. You know, I, I think you could make an argument that Ramses would not be dissuaded by somebody killing his soldiers because that's what they're for. They're or, impersonal. Yeah, that's impersonal. You know, or, I, or bad weather affecting his crops because sometimes that happens. I think it's just interesting to look at that because it really gives you a sense of the morality of the era mm-hmm. where like your sins are your children's sins. There is no individual distinction. It's on a family and bloodline level. And and that is also one of those, like, more ancient justice systems where if you have societies where it's easier to leave, easier to join another group, you can be fighting against a tribe, lose, surrender, join their tribe, take on a new role in the community, be forgiven. Hell, you can be given the name of the guy you killed and take on his role and responsibilities. This, these are just things that could happen back in the day. Is that is that true? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want some cited sources for that these, one. These That's are, kind of amazing. Yeah, so like this is... Primordial just, doppelganger, doppelgangers just did it in the open. This is a different morality than we are used to seeing in these uh, honor societies. Yeah, and, and it, it is just weird... To, there's no version of this movie that could present to us killing of the firstborn that wouldn't be an atrocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a weakness of the movie. I'm merely pointing out it's a weird culture clash head spin kind of moment when and you I, see, hey, our our hero is given the sign off on killing of the firstborns. That's why I think that plague specifically. So, so what happens is... Um, you know the the you, you've got ascending plagues, and the last one is death of the firstborn of all the Egyptians. Uh, the Hebrews will put lamb's blood on their door so that the angel of death passes over them. Pass. He over never liked behind. lamb. Yeah, he, he, well, he keeps kosher. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that, lamb's okay. <laughs> so, I think in the other things, like when Moses turns the staff into a snake or poison, you know, he turns the water into blood. That is. miracles acting through moses as a conduit the angel of death is distinctly different right it's clearly an act of god through (laughs) which the hebrews are practicing self-defense that's an interesting take (laughs) all they're doing is putting you know all we're doing is putting paint on the on the wall you know all all plausible deniability It, it, it is plausible deniability it is just circumstance. It is. Uh, it's just a coincidence that we sold all of our stocks before the uh, the company <laughs> went under. Yeah, uh, kind of weird, weird insider baseball, if true. I do want to camp out on this angel of death for a second, but just because this is an interesting 
Lovecrafty kind of summoning portal in the sky. Mm. And, and and it's just kind of a mist, just this amorphous white mist that uh, checks the doors and goes into a bunch of houses and we hear a bunch of screaming and crying. Uh, it is a chilling curse. Because I always picture the angel of death as like one of those D&D angels, like a diva or something with like swords and shit. This is just I, like... Yeah, I imagine like a seraphim. This is much more of gas that kills you it yeah it's much more akin to carbon monoxide they didn't they didn't really have good detectors back then so Mm -hmm. it's a real concern i i went up uh, i went looking into like the historical uh, oh yeah this is fascinating go ahead of of like um how some people try to explain the 10 plagues away like how could it have like let's suppose it did happen uh, that it wasn't just a biblical story, that there was something going on that kind of uh, relates to it. And they mm-hmm. have, like, this whole thing where, like, it's possible that some bacteria was in the water, killed a bunch of fish, that made a bunch of uh, blood flow to the top, that attracted a bunch of frogs, and uh, then the locusts came in. Like, it, this sort of domino effect going through all the ten plagues. And then you get to the firstborn, and it's just like, well, I, uh, I children are weak. Like, you know, <laughs> like we all, they also haven't gotten past the children are the, weak the theory firstborn of, gets of committing to eat war. before the other one. So if it was poison right. lamb because the boil on the cows. Right. I like the interpretation. But it was poison shellfish because the, the shellfish were the ones that died and Jews don't eat shellfish, right. obviously. So. Forms a nice broth that looks like blood. Um, <laughs> I, have you heard of the interpretation that um, for uh, the plague of frogs <laughs> that the original text uses the word sephardea, which is the yep. singular frog? So maybe yep. it was just one big frog. Yeah, my my, my ex boyfriend uh, was constantly talking about mega frog, the mega <laughs> frog theory of uh, <laughs> of Passover. It's so good. <laughs> it's a it's a very good uh, very good very good little bit of incidental uh, world building there. Um, we, um, there, there was a scene before the, uh, big plague. Before oh the yeah. Angel where they death. go, where they, where they try the heart to heart talk one more time. One more time before the big one where he's just like, listen, this is going to be worse than ever before. Uh, Ramses is, f- it, he, like he's framed in the lap of the Pharaoh's statue. Like he looks like a big baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Moses tries to connect with him like, you know can we get back to where we were can you just make this change and then we can you know go forward um ramsey's kid shows up uh the one who's about to die spoilers um Mm. and this is what causes ramsey's to harden again right like he is reminded of that uh tradition and fatherhood and all that and this happens in front of that mural again yeah yeah that's a (laughs) it's pretty leading We, we 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 spent all this time making this mural we can't use it for just two scenes uh, I've got a good note and a bad note for this scene. Sure. Uh, one is that uh, I like the anecdote about the memory of them switching the heads of the gods. Uh, <laughs> that is just a, a fun thing to conjure in the imagination. Like yeah. the, they're reminiscing of times gone by, trying to put it all behind them. Mm-hmm. What I don't love is that through this whole scene, Moses is doing a lot of stop hitting yourself logic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, I would I, love to stop sending the plagues, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, he kind of reads as a mobster almost. <laughs> like a, he's running a protection racket. Like you're doing t- this to yourself by refusing me, Ramses. Uh, I kind does of does that a lot, a lot. I'm kind of fine with the mobsters like 
protection racket against the evil politicians like trope that works here for me i i don't disagree with what moses is doing it's just the the logic is abuser logic you know like it's not a he doesn't make the whole moralistic argument about slavery being wrong he's like you're 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 doing me dirty right ramses this is your fault don't make me hit Um, you again with a plague yeah that's really what it is think of your children the Um, one who's gonna die right in in this very next scene perhaps um afterward you know after the angel of death comes we see the pharaoh lay his kid down on the altar you know he he finally breaks um and you know the bridge is burnt moses reaches out but it's not happening they both kind of know that ramses did it to himself right and that they he just has to live with that um but moses is like it also took a a toll on him like we see him weep yeah this this scene is excellent the he he goes outside like he manages to extricate himself from the you know the death shroud that mm-hmm. uh Ramses has put over his kid and then we just see him crumple to the ground in an alley this is not a setting this isn't a set piece of any cool sort he just got as far away from Ramses as he could and then he breaks down crying well, because he yeah. also is guilty for this like Yes, it was toward the quote unquote greater good, but he's got blood on his hands and he's not ignorant of that. Yeah, I mean, this is the hardest thing he had to do. Like most of his life, he ran away from his problems. And then every time after that, he had God in his pocket. And now he's just like, it, like the the task, the goal has been achieved. Now he just has to deal with the emotional fallout of what he did. Yeah, and it, it has a personal cost to him. Not merely a moral cost, because, you know, again, killing infants. Killing infants is weird. Uh, but also because it, he he has finally severed the bond of brotherhood. They yeah. were talking about reminiscing about old times in just the last scene. Now he is persona non grata. Yeah, I, I, I have officially made my bed. It is time to sleep in it. Um, I think we could do a whole movie on just his multifaceted grief. He, it's it's really there's a lot there. He's a depthy character. Yeah, they do they do good character work in this movie. The the plotting is bad, kind of because <laughs> it sort of has to be. It's limited, like yeah. legacy work. But it it raises some questions we're not ready to answer when we talk about it with our children. Not, not capable of answering. But damn, the character work is very strong. Um, Miriam shows up and sings to help him deal with his guilt. Um, this is where that uh, song, There Can Be Miracles When You Believe, you know, that, that thing. Now I'm standing here I'm standing with hearts so full I can't explain Seeking faith and speaking words I never thought I'd say Apparently they um they re-released a bunch of the songs to a bunch of different audiences. Yeah. And one of the releases that they did was a cover of There Can Be Miracles by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Yeah, there apparently were two soundtracks to the movie, one more gospel inspired, one more country inspired. Hmm. So okay. make the, it that the, what you the will. two the two halves of Sanford and Son. <laughs> um and the, this song grows into a duet with uh Zipora his wife mm-hmm. and uh as the exodus begins as they all go off into uh toward the sea um the song transitions into the children's prayer song the the Micha Mocha, which is the song of the sea which 
if you haven't read the lyrics of, it's pretty much, God, thank you so much. You really killed those Egyptians. They had it coming. You drown them they so had good. It <laughs> yeah, they had it coming. When are we gonna get a? <laughs> when are we gonna have? A... When are we gonna get a a, a mashup of uh, Chicago and <laughs> Prince of Egypt? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm How do you to... feel about the harmony in the song? Uh, pretty good. You know, I I, yeah. I like it. I think I think this is actually my least favorite song in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's not because it's bad. It just isn't my taste. Yeah, it's a little more uh aharmonic. It's it's just it's not going anywhere. It's just an emotion that we are deepening through song. It it kind of remi- reminds me of the um the uh the last bit of Fantasia where we go from Yeah. What was it? Carmina Burana? Oh, uh, we go uh, from uh, the Night on uh, Bald Mountain uh, into Ave Maria. Night on Bald Mountain into, yeah, into, into O Canada? What was it? Ave Maria. <laughs> Whatever. Ave Maria, yeah. Uh, where, like, we just did all the, the kind of climax stuff, and now we're easing out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not really a thing that I like, generally speaking. Like, I would just rather have the hard stop. But mm-hmm. um, that's just a stylistic choice. It is weird that it goes from climax of 10th plague and then escaping and then levity and celebration and then second climax of parting the red sea and then levity and celebration again yeah like it's not paced like a movie is my point like yeah it's it's... cleaving to formula requires two climaxes and that's doesn't play well with me yeah because the entire purpose of the 10 plagues is that pharaoh changes his mind right he, he he changes his mind and says okay fine you can go and now he is once again saying wait no 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 you can't so we kind of have to go through teaching him a lesson again i honestly i th- i think you know it's not a weakness of the movie the weakness is in the original story okay um well from, from a it, you know, from, from a, a cinemata- from a cinematographic perspective. Yeah. The, like, the, if you're trying to plot out a story not for purpose or depth or anything like that, like, if, if you were looking at it as a 2000s-era teen, as opposed to a Talmudic <laughs> scholar, let's say, uh, you would find it fairly wanting in the plot department. It, it's, it's, one the of those, department. it's one of those relics of ancient storytelling where there's just a lot of extra details uh, and extra chunks added onto story that like why are you breathing in through the nose why is that the thing that we're looking yeah, at yeah it just kind of like adds up and nobody's really sure what the important part is so you got to keep both in um, yeah i i do like that um or rather so th- in the movie they don't really explain why he goes after him again right we we don't see a scene where he is like realizing that he was wrong again yeah, it, it to me it just read like he wants nothing to do with Moses and he just wants him to get out of here. Uh, and then when he's kind of come to his senses, he's like, my it, it's more of a pride thing. Like my ju- sense of justice can't let this stand. Like once he's had a minute to collect himself, like he's got two warring, um, extremely negative emotions and grief wins up in the first half and rage wins up in the second half yeah this is something where the um uh rugrats passover story actually does provide an explanation which is the pharaoh just did not realize just how much of the economy those slaves were holding up 
that I, and that makes true that that seems true with uh ramses's character honestly. yeah that makes sense it, like in in this movie he is primarily driven not by economic concerns because he hasn't had them because he has a slave labor population yeah uh he's focused on but, the size of the temples and the monuments he's never had to balance a checkbook yep yep it um, does make sense i i think it's it plays a little bit better if we just go uh this is a flawed man who is fickle yeah and should not be in charge of everything it, it asks you to make that leap of of why mm-hmm. he changes his mind i'm willing for it to just be he's a fickle man child because that's all we've seen so far yeah i could see that which um, isn't to say that he's not personalized like yeah. it doesn't it's not without pathos when he grieves his son like that's again that's still a child who was killed right <laughs> uh you know <laughs> that's it's not a it's not a faceless uh you know casualty of war on a on a spreadsheet somewhere that that kid had a dad yeah and that dad had a son who died yeah he's dead now. <laughs> um mm-hmm. so uh as the egyptians come after them the chariot race uh theme reprises um which i liked i, I like that sort of uh we took it at the beginning where they were riding together in chariots and it was triumphant and here it's much more um threatening and yeah not only we're not yet to the parting of the sea first we need a firestorm <laughs> i don't remember fire tornado that's a fifth level that. spell that is in the second and a half book of the old testament <laughs> yeah uh exodus exodus exit exit harder <laughs> too too exodus too furious Furious. too many gods uh yeah. Uh, yeah. God summons a lava tornado to halt the Egyptians' path. I like the spectacle of this. I don't care that it's nonsense. <laughs> uh, the, so is parting the Nile. In for, a, in for a river, in for a firestorm, as they said in mm-hmm. those days. Yeah, what's one more miracle? Yeah, the, the, the parting of the Red Sea, this is very cinematic. The way that the, the water, it's not just like a lazy animated, like we're turning one big rectangle into two smaller, taller rectangles. You no, can see it the water churning upward. There's a lot of good water work in this uh, in this movie. Like there, there's a lot of scenes of water crashing and mingling. Um, the the scene of the river turning into blood mm-hmm. that doesn't just look like a weird red sheen. It looks like blood is seeping into water. Like yeah. there, there's a there's a, a deftness with the animation that really really showcases uh, how, how you good do this have movie to get is. used to it. The first scene of the movie does not play the water very well. No, I mean well. <laughs> A forced action scene against a baby is never going to play super well with the with the with the critics. Yeah, how many is that by now? Um, so they're like walking through this tempest. This is such a good like uh, scene where like not a lot happens plot wise, but we're just like drawn into being in this maelstrom. Right? They're like holding torches, walking along a seabed. The the lightning illuminating a whale swimming. Like you don't forget that shot. That stays with no, you. No, that's that's extremely good, and it, it's something that I've always seen depicted in other works of media of like you parting the Red Sea and you're walking down it and the sun is shining. No, it looks like the dead of night because they are in a cavern made of water. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they it's can't slippery. See you're gonna lose all. your cart. <laughs> Leave it behind. Right. Right. And, and so like all the torches and stuff is really just kind of impressing this um this this frantic and desperate energy to this uh to this exodus yeah um 
Also, I really like how the framing of Moses parting the water and it goes up in these two big torrents. This very much felt like opening the door to heaven. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this depicted in other media. I'm thinking Full Metal Alchemist, where like the door to heaven is <laughs> this just impossibly tall stone door that you push open, you know, uh, and it slowly creaks open. And that's the impression that I got from uh, just the, the, the vast height yeah. of this uh, water wall. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the fire tornado stops, allowing for the Egyptians to follow. I can't imagine an interpretation of this other than God wanted to kill all the Egyptians too. He was sort of concerned about getting the Jews out of Egypt. He also wanted to kill the Egyptians because he could have kept that fire train going. I, th I think it's one of those like spiteful God actions where like, that's even, some Old Testament stuff. Even if the Hebrews are safe, you were going to go after them again. Perhaps you didn't learn your lesson well enough the first, you know, t dozen times. <laughs> I I feel as though, like, the message would have been, like, if he, yeah, it's just an Old Testament God thing. Like, he doesn't merely care about saving his people. He also cares about justice. Yeah. Uh Punitive justice. Cruel uh, justice. Justice, justice that demonstrates power. Yeah, he's all about power. <laughs> Didn't you see that snake? He's big on uh, power. But yeah, so um, this kills all the Egyptians except for the Pharaoh because it's a kid's movie. And there was much he, rejoicing. Uh, yep, There's actually uh, a couple more Egyptians who abandoned their post. You see it in an earlier scene. And uh, after the, the waters flood back in, you can see on the cheering Hebrews side, there's like a couple of guys in Egyptian garb. They're just like, yeah, glad glad we decided to ditch that. <laughs> we're we were with you now. Along. Yeah, we're, ignore the, the, the golden bracelets that we wear everywhere. Ooh, is it hot in here? <laughs> Are we in the <laughs> desert in here? My goodness. That, I, I would love to watch a, uh, maybe not comedy, but like a drama of the Egyptians that had to masquerade as Hebrews after the Exodus. Yeah, like like Allo Allo, like a like a British sitcom where you're just in enemy territory and you're just kind of yeah. looking around all the time. <laughs> like meeting the yeah, you're you're meeting the um the, the your spouse's in-laws but trying to keep it under the rug that you're Protestant and they're Catholic. <laughs> Something like that. Have, have you seen Allo Allo? I have not. It's uh it's it's okay. It's like um you know, they're, they're, it's in Vichy, France, after the Germans took over, and there's, like, spy shit going on, but also just, like, tavern shit going on. <laughs> um, like, like antics. Um, and yeah. because it's an English comedy, everyone's speaking posh English. But because they're supposed to be English, French, and German, they can both be speaking English and be like, I have no idea what that guy just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's very charming. Like the... Um... Like the like the Austin Powers three gold member skit. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, I I will I will have to put a link in the show notes because that sounds delightful in the weirdest way. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, Ramses is not killed. He, he he like he's lost everything, right? Like he thought he couldn't go lower after that last time, mm -hmm. um, and he curses yeah. Moses' name. Yep, very much. A, I have no mouth yet. I'm a scream kind I, of situation. I haven't learned that this is perhaps my fault. It's it's a weird place to leave it that is only like it clearly uncomfortable with giving named characters deaths in this movie. So I imagine that they just saved him for the kitties. But uh, it's more grim uh, this way. The whole, 
the whole freedom versus justice, my God versus morality, like none of these themes are really wrapped up. We, mm-hmm. We're not really sure what the what the message with Ramses is supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Rest assured, he's the villain and he has a bad time. And that's kind of as far as it goes. Yeah, that's all we need from him at this point. Yep. And then, then, then we're into the, you know, second resolution where they're all praying again. Uh, yep. They do they do a, uh, a, a rejoinder is not the right word. Reprise? A, a refrain of the, uh, of of the, the opening song. song. The, oh, of, the Deliver Us. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's differently uh, toned now. It, it has a different context now that we've been through the whole movie. scene where moses is bringing those tablets down uh we mentioned this earlier it's a bit of a time skip a little bit uh (laughs) i don't know about you i was really hurting for a animal house style 80s movie wrap up (laughs) with like a bunch of a bunch of like just disconnected scenes uh, and reaction shots of like him bringing down the tablets and and seeing the calf and breaking the tablets and you know all hugging it out and jeff goldblum trying to make it right yeah, just like a bunch of like little freeze frame moments. <laughs> yeah, and uh, good work but for me. Uh, that that's the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, uh, and that's about as good as we can get for an animated biblical story. Yeah, I think that it's 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 still like the best animated biblical story to date. I don't think that anything has dethroned it, and it holds up remarkably well considering it's in the late nineties. Yeah, they they were pulling out all the stops. There were only a couple moments that I really saw weaknesses of the technology not being up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't particularly like all of the wide set pieces with very uncannily moving shapes for people. Like it, it looked a little bit claymationy to me. It didn't really read yeah, as organic. Yeah, it's it's. It didn't really flesh out the scenery very much. Like, you got the sense of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, the Sphinx, there's some pyramids, there's some temples. That's kind of it, though. Um, you, you don't get a sense of what things might have actually looked like. It's much more of, like, you know, the cover of your history book level of fidelity. Yes, yes, that is about right. And it's still good because it is period appropriate stuff like yeah it, it, it's, it's still it's a lived in the environment level of detail you would expect from a reading of the of the biblical story right it's not focused yeah. on long descriptions of all of the parapets and what everything looks like it's just like this is egypt we assume you know egypt moving on yeah uh which is which is not in the time period that it was in it was probably good good enough mm-hmm. um it looks great even today as a piece of animation. I just had a problem with like the backgrounds, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that it's a really solidly told, like reimagined version of Passover. I don't think they need to be as defensive as they were about the historical 
realism, mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. Like it it all I find it to be a pretty faithful retelling of the admittedly undramatic tale as is told in the Torah. Like there isn't any kind of personality stuff going on with Moses versus Pharaoh. Uh, I think that that is the backbone of this movie and it is invented for this movie. And Mm -hmm. I do not, I do not, uh, I do not dock at any points. (laughs) Yeah. No, it it holds the whole story together and makes it a tellable movie. It makes it, yeah, it makes it a, a narrative that we can appreciate more than once a year. Right. Like, the the story the ancient story itself works well enough as a satyr piece like you can discuss it talk about it debate various yeah. points talk about you know is this child murder justified okay well what about this one um but this is like a movie that goes down smooth enough you know for children to enjoy and get a sense and maybe get an interest in you know what is a very uh present story even today yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a little bit like the Rugrats Hanukkah story where it's like it's telling you all the pieces of the story. It's even more deaf than that. Uh I know <laughs> pretty 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 wild stuff I'm throwing out here. Um but it's it's the same thing where like we know our age range can't imbibe it without a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make it a palatable form. Uh and they did that in the version of B plots. And they do it here by making it a character drama. Yeah. Yeah. And that's incomplete because they have a lot of themes that they don't really resolve well. <laughs> but as a movie, like as a as a um as a spectacle, that also happens to be a retelling of one of the most profoundly disseminated stories in history. Uh very, very well done. Yeah, uh, faithfully enough to please historians, apparently, and well told enough to please Benarians. Mm, yeah, I, I haven't taken all of the courses required for the Benarian major. I, I know basic Benitudes. I can yeah, gauge your energy ben- level on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 surprisingly uh, sporadic. Even now, I only scratch the surface. It's a it's a it's a difficult course. But yeah, uh, what what are your what are your overall thoughts uh, coming away from this movie? Like, I I had very high expectations and they were met. I don't know it's, how you feel about it. It's thought provoking in bringing the human element to a familiar story, um, and you know, anytime I read, you know, the the Passover story um, or Exodus in general, like there's always jumping off points for new questions, and this movie elicits different questions. Right? It's focused in a different <laughs> area. Um, you're focused on how human beings would process events in the moment you're not focused on you know the sort of broader trends or or you know um you know divine intervention or societal questions of it you're really focused on the character piece and that is uh that is a perspective that is hard to get at other than in this sort of you know cinematic feature yeah i i would agree with that i think the one thing that i came away wanting was something a little bit more justifiable atrocity in the like because they do that with the pharaoh with patrick stewart being like you know that sacrifices must be made to make an empire i wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more uh substance to that argument ramses really just comes across as like a entitled crybaby and it makes the 
on the one side of the argument is the morality of freeing slaves, and on the other side is a baby just feels like a... It, it's it's a matchup that you can't really get much out of. Yeah, like, I would rather be... there. Yes, we're doing atrocities, but they're... They deserve you know, it's it. necessary. It's necessary for the prosperity of our nation. Oh, that that side is doing atrocity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where and the other side is 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 freeing the slaves and just you um, you wanted there to be the, for the antagonist to be less of a straw man in order to yes that is what I'm to, saying to to gloss to to sort of smooth over the parts that to a modern audience feel like they merit a moment's discussion. Maybe yeah, I I, I think it's. There's enough with Ramses's character that I didn't mind terribly that he was a straw man, but that, that's what he was. Yeah, yeah. He 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 was in too far by the time the option of something else came up. Yeah, he, he never really had a—I mean, it, you could argue it it is part of that whole entitled slash burden of the expectations of the parents is that he just—he never had that moment of questioning where he was. Uh-huh. Uh, and that— that reveals itself through the fragility of his arguments. Mm-hmm. So um, th- there's room there if you want there to be. I want there to be. I made room for it. It wasn't hard. <laughs> it's still a great movie. Uh, it's just uh, I-, I wouldn't have minded a little bit more texture there. Mm-hmm. Um, high points. I I can't say enough good things about the facial gestures in this. Yeah. That middle bit where Moses is coming to a reckoning of what is going on with his with his identity all of those little little different gestures in his face and the fact that he's running away from it and then the confrontation with patrick stewart all of that is incredible yeah Uh, it it shows that they weren't just using new technology for the hell of it they were they knew what they were doing and they were using it to accomplish uh, a subtlety that wasn't widely present in animation yeah it's and and it goes back to that thing where they they used what is apparently a Disney technique of giving each team of animators a different character to animate, because Moses' reactions look very different from Ramsey's. Mm-hmm. Like Ramsey's has more of a knee jerk denial to his reactions. Yeah, he goes through fewer stages in his face, shifting from one yeah, move to the next. Yeah, he got he's he's got some sort of bypass circuit in his <laughs> uh, in his psyche there. Um. Music is Damn. generally very good. You know, not every song is catchy per se, but the background instrumentals are fantastic. Something about the fact that there are two reprisals, one for <laughs> uh, All I Ever Wanted in the middle, mm-hmm. and then uh, Deliver Us at the beginning and end, gives it a very, like the palindrome of it, the fact that it kind of goes uh song a song b c d and e and then b and then a like it gives a kind of a bookends feel that really make it feel like a biblical story it feels official right yeah it it feels like a written document that was like uncovered almost Mm -hmm. um it does feel official because like it doesn't feel like a smooth progression of a movie it feels like the this is this is a tale as old as time sort of feeling to it like the 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 circularity of some of those old stories, like the fact that they're repeated again and again and again, like the King Arthur feel of it. I, I, I might be reading too much into it, but I, I like that the music doubles back on itself to make it feel like the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end. That, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that sort of epic, uh, built over time storytelling. Yeah. And, and that is also represented in how 
the Passover tradition happens because, again, you read the same story every year. Yeah. You always get something new out of it. (laughs) Yeah, the story is the same, but you get something new out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think I am. I am pretty well set on Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I think this is well deserved. It's one of those things that, although we can bring some texture to it, it's one of those uh, recognition of this is remembered fondly and for all good reasons. Like, yeah, it it stands on its own. It's a movie that we. It's a movie that we were told is good, and then we told you it was good, which is maybe an unsatisfying podcast listening experience, <laughs> but uh, sometimes that just happens. Yeah, it sells itself. It doesn't, it doesn't need analysis to, to be quality in the way that True. B-Movie did. Oh, B-Movie was a, a, a cinematic masterpiece out the box. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, be Larry King. Come on. <laughs> yeah, from, from the Bible. <laughs> That, that with a, author had a weird, you know, postmodernist phase. Yeah, and got real into beekeeping. Mm-hmm. The right. Egyptians were hornets. <laughs> uh, anyway, that'll do it for both this episode and also uh, our holiday extravaganza, and also our podcast. We're wrapping up shop. Yeah, uh, the, no. the holiday season. It's been an interesting experiment. Yeah this this was a fun little. Um, extravaganza for us to kind of really sink our teeth into one particular type of animation and i think that we came a lot away with a lot of newfound maybe not respect but context for what makes a holiday uh animation yeah and like what it need what bars it needs to hit and it's um i'm happy we did it i don't know if anyone else is but if you have more ideas for how we can do features in the future. If you want us to just do like a total sci-fi kick mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, we're, we're game to try to flip up the formula like this. So let us know. And where could they let us uh, know? Saying that's a great question. They can let us know <laughs> at fancybat.com slash cartoncast where you can find our show uh, webpage. You can go ahead and hit our contact page there uh, to, re- to recommend a show. Or to tell us about anything. How you doing? What what was your interpretation of the Seder this year? Yeah, how do you feel about justifiable terrorism? Uh, I don't know how much of this I'm going to cut, Zane. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, for one, am glad to be going back to classic standard carton cast episodes. Yes. um, Zane, what are we doing next? Next, we are watching the Powerpuff Girls. Um, I've, I, I rewa- I've watched the pilot so far. It's, it, it's got a lot of energy, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how like kids can get super excited and just tell you a story and never stop. It's got that kind of energy. <laughs> I remember Powerpuff Girls pretty fondly. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that it holds up. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of, I, there's a lot of memorable episodes in the catalog. So I uh, expect yourself I'll some time. spend a good long while on the rogues gallery yep uh and ben what yeah. about after that zane would it surprise you to learn that i didn't come up with an answer i believe we were going to invite on dan caves and talk about the critic oh that's right so we'll have dane caverns our very own dan caves resident horror expert and uh uh man about town he's he's a he's a little rapscallion with his bowler <laughs> hat and uh pork pie Smile yeah. that can win over the cruelest harsh mistress. Egypt. Uh, yeah, we're going to have him back on, and we're going to talk about the critic. 
I'm looking forward to that quite a bit, not merely because of my uh, love of John Lovitz, but also because we'll get to see Dan Caves. And yeah, it's a good time. find out what his interest in this show is. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how he came to it and how much of he watched it and uh, what age he did that at. Because yeah. I'm very unfamiliar, other than through lore. Yeah, I vaguely remember that it was fine. That sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, but we'll find out. And if you have anything to say about The Critic or about the Powerpuff Girls, go ahead to fancybat.com slash cartoncast, the, t- the contact page, where you can leave us a comment about that or suggest a show. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Uh, and if yeah. you see atrocities being carried out near you, maybe, you know, don't just murder the guy or don't just murder the guy's kid. Here, here's perhaps a trick find to, another solution. Here, here's a trick to discovering whether or not you're the baddies. Is there slavery? Mm. If so, you're the baddies. But Ben, what about, what about Nestle? Uh, the sea monster? <laughs> no, not Nessie. Nestle, the, the chocolate slavery I refuse company. to see a distinction. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> I, I love the idea of, like, somebody starting a spirited debate about the ethics of a particular company, and you are just flat out just talking about the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the straw man that needs to exist, is the one that doesn't actually know what the discussion is about. <laughs> But feels very strongly about it. <laughs> I got a lot of things to say about Nestle with his with his big old trunk. Zane, how do we end this? Uh, I, I, I think we, we agreed to talk about this movie next year in Jerusalem. Ah, oh, that's a good one. He had it coming. <laughs>